Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey, Birdland, what's happening? Welcome back to another episode of Full Count Chaos, talking about demos, and oh boy, has there been some conversations in the world of Birdland and the Orioles talking about the players, the management, the trades, the decisions, comments that are being made. Not a dull moment lately here in the world of Orioles, and I'm going to go over everything. I want to hear from you guys, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at fullcountchaos. I don't know. Do people still go on uh, iTunes or Apple Music, give reviews? If you are one of them, hit me up. Show me some love. Now, I apologize for not uploading an episode last week. I physically could not do that. I'm going to explain in just a second here. But before we jump into everything, every year, just to say thank you for tuning in. You know, I give away tickets. Going to do something different here. Uh, Going to give away a $100 gift card, BaltimoreOrioles.com. Of course, you can buy a lot of shit on that site, including tickets. And I do it real simple. If you're interested, hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. In about a month, I just close my eyes, pull the name out of a hat, and boom, there we go. I, I promise you that is literally how I do it. Um, and if I know who you are, I, I tell my friends and family, sorry, uh, don't write in. If I, if I know what I mean, no. I mean, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter I've met over the years, and, and you guys are awesome. I don't mean that. I mean literally friends of mine, family. It's like, no, sorry, you're, you're out of the equation. So if you're interested, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. And if you know from prior years, I don't post anything about this on Twitter. It's just if you're one of them who tune into the podcast and you're interested, let me know. All right. Uh, last week, physically could not upload an episode if I wanted to try. Threw my fucking back out. And I'm telling you, that was painful. It's my fault. I let my core get to a little mushy mush. You know, it's my back. It's like a question mark. And the older I get, the worse it gets. I've had back problems since I've been eight years old. I mean, I'm a hot mess down there in the lower back area. But I was playing tennis out of all the sports. I've been playing a lot of golf. You'd think that swing would have jacked up my back. No, it was tennis. And I got to tell you, I'm glad I'm married and I'm I'm out of that field of uh, trying to impress women <laughs> on the prowl. Because the tennis courts I was at, it's like 10 courts in a row. And, of course, we're in the middle court. I hate that. It's a pressure. It's a bad hit. You hit somebody in the head. But I was going after a ball. I had my back to the net, and I'm trying to twist my body and then hit it back over. Oh, my God. It was like a sniper right up in the tree. Bam! Hit me in the lower back. I went down. I yelped. My racket goes everywhere. Sunglasses go flying off. (laughs) I'm in a fetal position. I couldn't move. Not a good look. A lot of women around playing tennis telling you if they saw me come on the court and they're like look at that sexy boy nope that went right out the window like nope moving on this guy is a hot mess <laughs> and then the very next day i guess my lower back just swelled up like a balloon if i moved a little to the right or to the left it was pain i the pain i can't even describe and i was stuck in bed couldn't do shit took me about three or four days to finally get out it's awful and my dumb ass i'm probably going to play tennis again next week so so anyway, apologize about that. I, I just couldn't couldn't get up, couldn't record, couldn't do jack squat. It's terrible. Anyway, so now I'm back at the gym doing hours, just working on abs and my core. I'm telling you, man, I know for years, your core is the most important thing. You got to keep it, keep it solid. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch TV and eat a lot. That'll help. Dumbass. So 
I'm back. Here we are putting out an episode all about demos. Um, I tell you, watching the Oriole games lately, because literally in bed, that's all I could do. You know, go on my phone and watch Oriole games. I could barely do that and adjust myself to see the TV. I got to say, it's a toss up between Palmer and Ben McDonald, who's better with Kevin Brown. I always thought it was Palmer and Kevin Brown. Like when Thorne left, Kevin, I mean, he filled it in some big shoes. He's doing a great job. But I got to say, Ben McDonald and the Kevin show, I'm digging. I think I'm liking the Ben McDonald more than uh, Palmer. I love Palmer. But I don't know. Just <laughs> That just crossed my mind like a minute ago. My buddy uh, actually hunts with Ben Palmer. Uh, ben, ben Palmer. boy. Jesus. I think I took too much ibuprofen these past couple weeks. Ben McDonald. And he says he's just the nicest guy in the world. Just a genuine, big-hearted guy. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about the other day. All right. There's been a lot of chatter with Birdland this week with a whole bunch of bullshit happening with trades, like Elias comments. I'm seeing a lot of Twitter battles. A lot of people blocking other people. I don't get that. I'm not in that universe. And, and again, I'm not, not judging. I just... Pertaining to the blocking, like if somebody disagrees with me about baseball and it might get a little heated, whatever, that's just sports, politics, religion, all that shit. It's always going to get a little heated. I don't I don't know what it is about, you know, blocking. Yeah, I blocked you because you disagree with me, whatever. But here's my point pertaining to a lot of stuff that's been going on with the trades and Michael Elias comment. It, it's easy, folks. Elias doesn't believe 100% into this team. And feels this team isn't worth changing his plans, plain and simple. And I think that's why he had a team meeting with some of the guys to tell him, you know, hey, please don't get too angry at me. We got a plan. I love you guys. I think, you know, you're great players. Plain and simple. But you know damn well. It's like the scene I talked about a couple weeks ago in, in Major League. And I'm starting to notice a lot of people are posting those gifts of the scene where he's like, let's win the whole fucking thing. It's basically the conversation that was probably happening in the clubhouse after the uh, comments leaked of Michael Elias being like, yeah, I don't think these guys, you know, the probability isn't good. But, you know, the players are just fired up after that comment. How can you not be? You play sports, you're competitive. The point of playing sports is to win and anything that can motivate you to win more games, whether it's something your manager says, fans say, it doesn't matter. You take that, you grab onto it. And then they sweep the Rangers, and they're still winning. <laughs> so, whatever. I don't know. A lot of people are going, I think Michael Elias said that on purpose to get him fired up. No, I just think Michael Elias was being honest. Remember, they only a game and a half, jumped over Cleveland, and God bless Trey. Oh, my God, is he making a name for himself over in Houston already? And he just looks like, hey, he's just happy as a pig and shit. You know, he's got three hits on Houston, all home runs. <laughs> and one was a grand slam, and God bless him. Because look at them go. Because we needed Cleveland to lose some games to you know, get off our back, get them out of the way. And Trey's like, I got it, guys. I got this. And he's just rocking Cleveland's pitching. But I was fine with the Jorge trade. I was sad that Mancini left. But okay, I get it. I mean, you know, we were kind of prepared for that. That was a big discussion last season as well. That would not have been a good look if they did that. But I think, you know, fans were prepared that Trey just wasn't going to be part of the future. I mean, I could do six months of episodes 
and talk about what a wonderful human being Trey Mancini is and, and what he meant to Baltimore and the fans. And oh my God, I talked to some friends though. I mean, I just don't get too emotionally attached to, to uh sport players. I mean, I get up, so I get angry, like, ah, shit, you know, it sucks to see him go. Like when they, when we were cleaning house a few years ago, yeah, Mancini, Machado, I'm just like, oh my God, not man, uh, uh, scope. I meant, I mean, yeah, of course you're like, oh, that, that fucking sucks. But I talked to some friends. They're like lighting a candle, crying, listening to Eric Clapton for six hours, <laughs> just crying all over his sad music. Like, I can't believe it. It's like, all right, all right, calm down, relax. But I love it. Love seeing. And I know I said, and I've said this a number of times on the podcast that when you leave the Orioles, and you're no longer in that Orioles jersey, really not rooting for you anymore. Could care less what you do. And if you play against the Orioles and you do well, I'm not giving you a little round of applause and going, ah, oh, well, you know, he helped the Orioles. No, you're done to me. That's harsh. But Trey, <laughs> I know that's that's a different conversation. Somebody texted me the other day and said, now how do you feel about that? I wrote back and said, you're right. Trey might be the one player that when we play Houston, the Orioles, because we're going to be playing them in a few weeks, and again, I have to remind people every now and then, I am one of those fans that say we. Put a lot of time and energy into this team. I feel I have the right to say we. Anyway, moving on. So yes, we play the Houston Astros in a few weeks, and I think that if Trey hit a walk-off home run against the Orioles, I would probably have a smile on my face and clap for the guy because I just think uh, he's one player that I'm going to continue to root for out of all the players out of all the years out of everybody who's left, you know, my whole life with the Orioles, I think trains the only one where I'm like, all right, I'll root for you. Even when you're playing against the Orioles, but Jorge was having one hell of a season, but I wasn't thinking to myself, ah, shit, there goes the season. Once he was traded, I, I didn't. The bullpen has some pretty dominant arms throwing gas and, and we have the big bad mountain who has one of the filthiest splitters in all of baseball. I mean, one of the filthiest fastballs. 101 miles per hour tailing away. Get shit. Good luck. I mean, you know, they're professional batters. Every now and then they're going to close their eyes and swing, and the bat's going to meet the ball, and it's going to go 450 feet. But that's what's going to happen when you make contact with a ball that's coming at you 102 miles per hour. But some fans are furious, just downright pissed with Elias for trading during a playoff run. And I don't think the Cincinnati Reds series had anything to do with Mike Elias's decision. I don't think he's like, well, I, I was going to go for it all, but after the Cincinnati series, forget it. Folks, he wasn't going to put his plan on the back burner for a chance at the wild card. So I guess I just wasn't shocked when he made these trades. I, I think we all knew he had a plan. He came on this team to continue the plan. And again, I don't know him personally. We don't hang out on the weekends and have deep conversations about shit and the team. But I just wasn't surprised because I didn't think he seemed like the kind of guy that will go, all right, hey, looks like uh, we might have a chance. So everything that we've been working for three or four years, I'm just going to kind of put aside for a little bit. And people were also lighting him up after the comments. He made as well, not just the trades. And this is what he said. I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but if you haven't, I'm just going to give you a heads up. He goes, I think the 500 record we have 
the winning last couple of months that we have, the momentum we have, has made this as much more difficult decision and a much more complicated trade deadline than it would have been or than any of the past ones have been. Okay, so I'm listening to this. I'm going, so far, so good, Elias. Preach on, buddy. Preach on. We're right there with you. He continues, but ultimately, I have to tether my decisions to the outlook and the probabilities of this year. We have a shot at a wild card right now, but it is not a probability that we're going to win a wild card. Now, I read that and I said, oh, Mike, you fucked up. (laughs) You fucked up. Your average fan is going to go, what? No matter what, aren't you always supposed to say, I say average fan, uh, maybe anybody. You you hear that and you go, wait a minute, aren't you? That's something that you behind closed doors, you say, man, I, I don't think this team has a chance. Now, again, he used the word probability, but come on, sweet cakes. We all kind of knew what you were doing there. I think he then slept on it, woke up and realizing, well, maybe that wasn't a smart thing to say. He then followed up the next day and he says, this is not something, obviously, where we're putting all of our chips and all this work that we've been doing around the organization for the past three and a half to four years into the second half of 2022. This is a decade long window that I think is opening up. And then he says, it's liftoff from here. And I think that's when he got Birdland back on his side and all of Birdland creamed their pantalones when they heard that. But he lost some fans on that one comment. And again, with saying, hey, the probability isn't on our side. I think they got the players and everybody going, all right, fuck this shit. We're going to win the whole fucking thing. But I also wanted to mention pertaining to Trey leaving again, how much he just meant to everybody. I mean, uh, look. Jim Palmer was getting choked up on TV the day that Trey left. I mean, Trey was hitting bat in practice. They were like, hey, Trey, get your shit. Let's go. And even his interview, he's like, I'm just kind of numb right now trying to figure all this out. But his last at bat in Camden Yards, his first one, his first hit was a home run. His last one was a home run in the park. Now, I'm not trying to get all spiritual religious on you, but it was Mo Gabba Day. And Mo Gabba, that kid had me in tears, laughing and emotionally, but mainly laughing when I would hear him calling to the radio station. And then when he had that radio show with uh, Jeremy Kahn, they were only supposed to go on for like an hour, but they went on for like four hours. The kid is hilarious and he's always laughing. And again, not trying to get all religious on you, but. I just thought it was a little interesting that Trey Mancini, the last at bat, home run in the park, the way it happened. I mean, for God's sakes, it hits low in the face in right field, and the ball travels like 30 feet to the right, <laughs> giving Trey all the time of the world to round the bases. Well, I say all the time of the world. I mean, it was a close play at home. But when the ball hit Lowe's face, <laughs> I could just hear Mo laughing. I could hear that laugh. And I mean, I think we all laughed about that, but I just think, I don't know. It's just coincidence. Probably. I don't know. I just think sometimes we don't know everything that's going on with life and how things happen and who's really involved. I know. Take a step back, getting a little emotional here, but that was quite something to experience watching that. It's just cool. You know, and look, Trey Mancini went from rookie to veteran in the snap of a finger. 
by 2018, the rebuild happened, and, and he took over the leader of the clubhouse role. He was like, uh, okie dokie. Hi, kids. Welcome to the Orioles. Follow my lead. Listen, I've been enjoying the living shit out of watching this Orioles team play baseball. I've fallen in love with them, madly fallen in love with these guys. And I think it's more because when it's a team that you don't expect to do well, and then all of a sudden we're in August talking about the Orioles making a playoff run. I mean, what are they, game out? Yeah, it makes you respect them and love them even more. I mean, if they're supposed to be the best team in baseball and they're playing like they are now, of course, you wouldn't be like, I'm madly in love with these guys. You'd be like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) Now, just like you, I want to see them win every single game that exists in their future. But look, at the same time, I am perfectly cool. My opinion is I'm perfectly cool with the lie sticking to the plan. Even when Trey was traded, and this was only me thinking baseball, not with my heart, I still felt extremely confident with this team to win. I didn't feel like, well, that's it. Good luck hitting. This team has shit the bed. So I'm curious if you're a fan who's angry about this, is it more about you just love Trey for who he is and what he meant to the fans in Baltimore? Or were you upset going, what the fuck, man? He's a great hitter. He's a designated here. He's got power. He's helping the team. Like, what are you doing, Elias? Now, before, right before Elias traded Trey, I mean, he was in a funk. The players who normally are the big sluggers lately, getting the big hits, the big dingers, have kind of been shitting the bed. We've been counting on the other guys. That's why I say past few months, it's like, man, you shit on one player on this team, they're going to make you look like a jackass the next week. So let's see here. Last 30 games, Austin Hayes, who, of course, big bat, great player. You expect him to be one of the big guys in the lineup. His last 30 games, he's hitting 195, two home runs. Last 58 at-bats for Mountcastle, 138 average with the 171 slugging, zero home runs. He's struggling. Trey Mancini, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for talking smack about Trey, but I'm just speaking facts here. Not making fun of him. His last 47 at-bats, 191 average, two home runs. Urias, last 24 at-bats, is .83 average with .83 slugging. And these are guys that you count on getting the big hits, helping out the Orioles score some runs. Now, guys who are taking care of business right now in the lineup, of course, Santander, last 61 at-bats, 344 average with a 632 slugging. Four home runs. His last 29 at bats, he's hitting 448, 759 slugging. You've got Mateo, last last 15 games, 302 average, 623 slugging, four home runs. Also, he's second in the league with 26 stolen bases. Mateo is just out there having fun, and we are having fun watching him. We've said it, we've said it all season. Every time he gets on base, shit's about to go down. He's getting that second base. Adley Rushman. Jesus, Lord mercy. What can we say about Adley that hasn't already been said? This guy, okay, last 15 games, 47 at bats. He's hitting 383 with a 617 slugging, 524 OBP. And the guy with his doubles, and this is what happened with Manny when he first came up. He was hitting doubles, and they turned into home runs. And I'm pretty sure that with Adley getting bigger, stronger, working out, Playing more in the big leagues. Yeah, 
those are going to turn into home runs. But even if not, even if he continues to just hit lasers for doubles, I'll take it. Hell yeah, I'll take it. And the bullpen, of course, coming through, helping out the Orioles. Top three in ERA, top seven in whip, top five in least amount of walks in nine innings, top ten in hits per nine, and top six in home runs per nine. Now, the starting pitching, okay, that's an argument of, well, what happens if the Orioles get past the wild card? 23rd worst in ERA, 26th worst in whip, 25th worst in strikeouts per nine, 27th worst in hits per nine, and 25th worst in home runs per nine. But let's not focus on that right now. We're focusing on glass half full. They've won five in a row since the trade. They're a game out of the wild card, and they just won't stop losing. And I got the Orioles butterflies. Now, the Trey Mancini trade, I'm sure you've heard by now. Seth Johnson from Tampa Bay, right-hander Chase McDermott from Houston. Now, of course, Johnson with the uh, uh, Tommy John surgery. I don't think he would have been part of the trade. I think Tampa would have held on to this kid because he seems like the real deal. But with the uh, Tommy John, they're like, all right. You know, he's not going to be back in business till 2024. But Elias is kind of like, well, we have more patience than most teams right now. But before Johnson was uh, shut down, obviously, the torn UCL. He had a three ERA, 126 whip, 41 strikeouts, 27 innings in high A. And uh, Baseball America, they're all about this kid. Uh, they state that, you know, given that he turns 24 in September, might not return to action until 2024 season, which, of course, that's what it sounds like. So that it's possible the Orioles could convert him to a reliever in the coming years to fast track him to the majors and will definitely be a big help to the Orioles organization if he continues to pitch the way we think he will. And then you got Chase McDermott. That's what I mean. You just never know with these guys. That's why when people complain and like, I can't believe uh, that's who Elias uh, chose to trade with Mancini. It's like, well, how the fuck do you know? None of us know until they get up to the majors, but we can just kind of read the facts, see what their stats are and, Go from there. Uh, but Chase McDermott, number 12 prospect in Houston's organization, which doesn't say much because I think the uh, their farm system's like in the bottom three. But still, you know, number 12 prospect is what it is. Uh, in 2022, he posted a 6-1 record, 550 ERA, 114 strikeouts on 72 innings pitched. That's nothing to ignore. Pretty impressive. He's got a 131 whip. So McDermott's going to head over there to the Aberdeen Ironbirds down there over there. Iron Ironbird. Get play some ball down there for the Orioles. So pertaining to the Jorge trade, again, I'm sure this is all stuff you guys have already heard. I have to backdate a couple things because I didn't obviously put an episode out last week. But they got Cano, 28. So these are all pitchers from Minnesota, obviously. 28 years old. The only player in the return package to have already reached the majors, he's pitched uh, 13 and two-thirds innings for the Twins. You got Povich, 22, ranked as Minnesota's number 21 prospect, according to Baseball in America. He struck out more than 12 batters per nine innings as a starter in high A. Rojas and Nunez, Rojas is 18, Nunez is 21. Uh, they posted impressive strikeout-to-walk ratios in the Florida Complex League. So we don't know. So people, whether or not you think it was a good trade, we just have to wait and see. Now, you can be angry for getting rid of Jorge and Trey, but for knocking Elias on the trade that he made, why not? You know, stack up on a couple prospects. If they all pan out, fuck yeah. Even if one or two pan out, even just one, a solid pitcher pan out for the uh, Jorge trade. Okay, so be it. 
We just have to wait and see. I know a lot of, just like me, a lot of people were panicking pertaining to the uh, Cincinnati series. I don't know. The Orioles are now 3-9 and nine against the Reds, Athletics, and Tigers, and Nationals this season. Go figure. Those are arguably the four worst teams in baseball. I don't know. Whatever. But with the uh, sweep against Texas, and they've been beating up on Pittsburgh. I wouldn't say beating up. They uh, won one to nothing Friday, 6-3 Saturday. But they're just having fun out there. We're having fun watching them. But the Saturday night game, that was pretty cool. See on TV, it was a packed house. I don't know. Maybe everybody was there to uh, see Smash Mouth. <laughs> Who else was it? Uh, Drew Hill and, uh, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. It was Cisco <laughs> with the thong song. So, you know, my wife said, well, it's probably packed because they, they want to see uh, uh, Cisco. I said, no, I think it's the Orioles are, are almost hitting the wild card. They're right there, and, and the Orioles are fun to watch. So we just agreed that maybe it was a little bit of both. The 30th anniversary, Oriole Park at Camden Yards, Brooks Robinson, Eddie Murray. Apparently, they said they spoke to the, t- uh, the team before the game. Gave them a little pep talk, I guess. You know, hey, go out there and win it all, boys. So they went 6-3. to three. It's 41,086, the largest since opening day. The Orioles right now, 56-51, and 51, fifth straight victory. They're five games over 500, of course. First time since June 7th of 2017. So you had Brooksy, Eddie Murray, the Moose to pump up the team, all of Baltimore. Brooks Robinson was getting into it. He said, I told them, the team, they've really been thrilling me. He says, I've been watching a lot of games and the community is getting into it now. He says, that's what it's all about. He says, it's not an easy game. And he agreed with Elias when he said, it's liftoff time. Brooks said, I believe that. Now, when I was watching the game, what impressed me is I was looking in the upper deck and it, w- it was filled. I said, man, you just don't see that wrapped all the way around the stadium. And Hyde said after the game, he said it felt like 41,000 fans. He says they were loud. They were energetic. We appreciate it. It was a lot of fun for our guys to pl- play in front of that. Of course, starter Austin Volf worked five plus innings, allowing three runs on six hits. And he says, I think... The chemistry. This team is really good, he said. We continue to play hard each and every day. And even when we're behind in games, we find ways to come back. Showing up to the ballpark, you always have a feel. You can almost win every game. It's just that feel that you get. And he says when there's 40,000 fans out there and they're showing up, it's definitely a playoff atmosphere. That fuels us as players for sure. Now, I know Hayes is itching to get back in. It's a third straight game. He's been out because of a sore left oblique muscle. But Hyde said, you know, it's trending in the right direction. He feels a lot better. He took some swings in the cage. And uh, when he did that, he's apparently said, hey, I'm feeling good. I just want to make sure I'm 100%. So Hyde said he wasn't thinking about putting Hayes on the injured list. So that's good. So regardless whether, you know, Cisco, Smash Mouth, whoever it is playing at the concert, Friday, Saturday night, huge crowd. Obviously, that gets the players pumped up. And I just think it was because fans want to go watch the Orioles play. If the Orioles were not playing good ball, it doesn't matter what kind of concert they're throwing there with whatever 90s band you're throwing at us. You're not going to have a packed house. So, of course, it has a lot to do with how the Orioles are playing. 
So I want to hear from you folks, everything that's been going on with the trades, Elias talk, how the Orioles are playing. How do you feel? Do you think the Orioles are actually going to make a run? They have a big schedule coming up against the Rays, against the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, who they've jumped over, which is fucking hilarious. I mean, I just say it's hilarious because anytime you get to hear Red Sox fans bitch about how they're worse than the Orioles right now, (laughs) it's a dream come true. But I just want to hear from you folks. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Find out what's on your mind. Of course, I want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink, newly created internet community, tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow. They hate your favorite team. So we say rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Well, folks, appreciate you taking the time to tune in. And boy, is this second half of the season going to be fun. It's going to be electric. Regardless of what happens, I think the excitement is back in Birdland. And we're here to talk about it. Till next time. See-